Hey y'all, Ohio Crime Mom here, and it is so good to be back. Um, if you're not a member of the Ohio Crime Mom Facebook group, um, my husband recently lost his uncle, as well as our daughter starting school for the first time, and being able to reconnect with my stepdaughter for the first time in three years. We've just had a lot going on, um, so I took a break that wasn't planned whatsoever, um, and I totally apologize for the last-minute notifications of things being delayed um but you know life happens sometimes and that's why one of the reasons why this was called ohio crime mom because being a mom comes first before anything with the podcast um so i'm very thankful for the people who are very understanding um i'm sure most of you are because most of you are mothers as well or fathers or have siblings and understand that a child's needs come first um before we get into today's episode i do have a few things that i want to say um, for one, I want to apologize for any construction sounds that you might hear in the background. Um, it's almost 10 o'clock at night on August 27th of 2021, if you're listening to this at a later date. Um, and for some reason, they're still doing construction on Main Street. They've been tearing up the sidewalks and putting new pavement down. Um, it looks a lot better, but for some reason, they're doing it at 10 o'clock at night. So um, I will apologize ahead of time if you can hear that in the background. Also, as a reminder, my favorite season is almost upon us. Anyone who knows me knows that Halloween is my absolute favorite time of the year. Um, we will have new merch launching for Halloween. It will only be a couple of items simply because it is so close to the Christmas season. Um, and Rella, who makes our merch, is also going to be flooded with Christmas orders. So we are going to do two items. Um, I'm talking to Danielle about possibly doing another item with earrings. Um, and I'm very, very excited for this launch. It's going to probably be my favorite launch that we've ever had, even though it's only two items. Um, as well as we will have a huge Halloween giveaway. So be looking out for details on that on the Ohio Crime Mom Facebook group if you're a part of it. If not, go and join. We have so much fun in there. I play a lot of games in there. We do fun lives to talk about case updates and things like that. Um, one last thing before we jump into this. Um, I just want to really, really thank you guys once again for being so understanding um, and for listening even while I was gone. I know some people went back and listened to old episodes because they <laughs> missed the podcast and that means so much to me. Also, we have a bunch of new listeners that have recently started listening and I just want to say thank you guys for being so patient for there to be new um, content coming and uh, I think that's all I have to say. So without further ado, let's jump into the case of Rodney Akala, the dating game killer. Oh, side note. I apologize ahead of time if I pronounce any names wrong. Sometimes it's very hard for me because they are foreign um, names and that's a harder thing for me to pronounce. As well as I want to give a trigger warning that this case does um, highly involve children and sexual assault. Um, so if that's something that you are not comfortable listening to, I keep everything as PG as possible. Um, but this may not be the episode for you. I always try to give a trigger warning, um, when it has to do with sexual assault and with children. So just a heads up. Rodney Acala was born Rodrigo Joaquez Alcala Bucuar in 1931. In 1931, his father moved the family to Mexico, but just three years later, he would abandon his family. 
Akala's mother would move him and his two sisters to Los Angeles in 1961 at age 17. Akala would join the United States Army, where he would serve as a clerk. In 1964, Akala would suffer a mental breakdown and would go AWOL from the Army. Alcala hiked from Fort Bragg back to Los Angeles. A military psychiatrist would diagnose him with antisocial personality disorder, and he was discharged on medical grounds. Alcala would go on to graduate from UCLA's School of Fine Arts and even studied film under Roman Polanski at NYU. If you don't know who Roman Polanski is, he is a huge film director. Um, and actually, Roman Polanski ties into the Manson murders, which will be coming up very soon. Um, his wife was Sharon Tate, and she was one of the victims of the Manson murders. Akala's first known crime was in 1968. An eyewitness said he watched Akala lure an eight-year-old girl named Tali Shapiro into his Hollywood apartment. Police arrived and found Tali alive, but she had been raped and beaten with a still bar. Alcala had fled the scene and a warrant was issued, but at this point he had left the state and enrolled at NYU under the name John Berger. In 1971, Cornelia Michael Criley, a 23-year-old living in Manhattan, was found raped and strangled in her apartment. Her murder was unsolved until 2011. In early 1971, Alcala was added to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted. Months later, two children attending an arts festival Akala was working at saw a poster and called authorities. Akala was arrested and extradited back to California. At this point, Talia Shapiro and her family had moved to Mexico, and she refused to testify in court. Before I go any further, um, because I know this is a huge topic of debate with people who... Um, disagree with rape charges and things along that line um you have to remember that this little girl was eight years old when the rape happened and that was in 1968 so in 1971 you know it's been a while um she's had to live with everything since that attack had happened um and at that point I just don't think she felt comfortable to testify in court and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that so, due to this, though, the, the rape and attempted murder charges were dropped, but Akala was convicted of child molestation and was sentenced to three years in prison. After parole in 1974, only serving 17 months in prison, Alcala was rearrested for assaulting a 13-year-old who is referred to as Julie J. in the case file. This time, he was paroled after two years. In 1977, Alcala's parole officer thought it was okay to let a repeat offender to travel back to NYC. Cold case investigators now believe that a week after returning to New York, that Alcala killed Ellen Jane Hoover, who was 23 years old and was the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Her remains were found buried at the Rockefeller Estate in Westchester County. Before we get any further, we're going to take a break and hear a word from this week's sponsors. Rella's Wonder Crafts is a small family-owned crafting business located here in Southern Ohio. They make a variety of crafts from custom shirts and tumblers to decals and wreaths, plus so much more. Since 2017, they have been creating magic and happiness by bringing our, their customers and visions to life. 
Come take a peek into their world. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Etsy, and TikTok. And just in time for Christmas, you can get so many great things. In 1978, back in Los Angeles, Akala was interviewed by members of the Hillside Strangler Task Force. At the time, they interviewed a number of known repeat sex offenders. Although Akala was ruled out, he was arrested and served a small sentence for marijuana possession. At the same time, Akala was convincing hundreds of young men and women that he was a professional fashion photographer and would take the pictures for his portfolio. Most of these photos were sexually explicit, and most remain unidentified. One we do know of was a, four, or a 15-year-old girl named Monique Hoyt, whom he knocked unconscious, raped, and photographed. Also in 1978, Akala was a contestant on the then very popular game show called The Dating Game, and this is why Akala is called The Dating Game Killer. Jim Lang, the host, described him as a, quote, successful photographer who got a start when his father found him in the darkroom at age 13. Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling, end quote. A fellow contestant described Akala as a very strange guy with bizarre opinions. Ultimately, Akala won the date with bachelorette Cheryl Bradshaw, who refused to date him because he was creepy. Robin Samos was a hunting was from Huntington Beach and was 12 years old. She disappeared somewhere between the beach and her ballet studio on June 20th, 1979. 12 days later, Samos' remains were found in the Los Angeles foothills. Friends of Samos told police that a stranger appeared and approached them, asking them to take photos of them, and Robin agreed. The friends worked with police, sketch artist, and when the picture was done, Akala's parole officer knew immediately it was him. A search was conducted at Akala's mother's home in Monterey Park. Here they found a rental receipt for a storage locker in Seattle, Washington. Upon searching the locker, they found Robin's earrings. Akala was arrested in July of 1979. He was held without bail until his trial in 1980. Akala was ultimately convicted on murder charges and was sentenced to death. This verdict would be overturned by the California Supreme Court because the jurors had been improperly informed of his prior sex charges. And in 1986, Akala was tried and convicted again and sentenced to death once again. The conviction was overturned once again. And in 2003, while working on their prosecution for a third time, they found DNA that from a semen sample that matched Akala. These were from two different women who had been raped and murdered in Los Angeles. In 2004, they found four more victims thanks to DNA evidence. Jill Barcom was an 18-year-old runaway from New York who was found, quote, rolled up like a ball, end quote, in an L.A. ravine in 1977. Barcom was originally thought to have been a victim of the Hillside Strangler, Georgia Witted was 27 and was found bludgeoned to death in her apartment in Malibu in 1977. Charlotte Lamb was 31 and found raped and strangled in her apartment's laundry room in 1978. Jill Pantaroo was 21 and was killed in her Burbank apartment in 1979. 
Another pair of earrings that were found in a Seattle, Seattle storage locker had DNA that matched Charlotte Lance. In 2003, pros prosecutors entered a motion to join the Samos case with these newly found four others. And in 2006, the California Supreme Court passed the prosecution's motion. In late February of 2010, Akala stood trial for his final time. This time on five charges of first-degree murder. At his third trial, Akala followed in Bundy's footsteps and acted as his own attorney. He took the stand for a total of five hours, questioning and answering himself. He told jurors that at the time of Samos' killing, he was at Knott's Berry Farm applying for a photography job. He also tried to show a clip from the um, dating game show to say that the earrings that were found in his locker was his and not Samo's. Akala didn't really dispute the four new charges other than saying he couldn't remember killing any of the women. After two days of deliberation, the jury found Akala guilty of all five counts of first-degree murder. In March of 2010, Akala was sentenced to death for a third and final time. In January of 2011, a Manhattan grand jury indicted him on the murders of Cornelia Criley and Ellen Hoover that took place in 1971 and 1977. In June of 2012, Akala was extradited to New York and was convicted and sentenced of an additional 25 years to life. The death penalty had been abolished in New York in 2007. In March of 2011, investigators in Marion County, California stated they were confident that Akala was responsible for the 1977 murder of 19-year-old Pamela Jean Lamson. Lamson disappeared after making a trip to Fisherman's Wharf to meet a man who was going to photograph her. Lamson's body was found battered and naked near a hiking trail. In September of 2016, Wyoming also charged Akala with the murder of 28-year-old Christine Ruth Thornton. Thornton was six months pregnant when she disappeared in 1977. Her body wasn't found until 1982, but was not discovered to be her until 2015 when DNA had advanced. A relative saw all of Akala's photos and recognized Thornton's picture as one of them. Akala admitted to taking the picture, but not to killing her. The then 73-year-old Akala was too ill to travel to Wyoming for trial. And on July 24th of 2021, at age 77, Rodney Akala died of unspecified natural causes. Um, it's sad. Um, there, if, you, if you feel comfortable enough with looking it up, you can look up all the pictures of Rodney Akala's um, that he had took of these women and young men who were missing, um, murdered, um, some of them are, most of them are still very much unidentified. Um, so there's probably a lot more victims that we do not know about. And it's very sad because their families, um, may have already passed on before or, um, never had the like opportunity to, to see the photos. And so there's remains somewhere in this country that, you know, are from him, um, killing other people and, you know, these people didn't really get the justice they deserved. Um, I do want to say one thing, though. And the first sentencing of um, Akala, which was eventually overturned, 
um, Talia Shapiro, which was the first little girl that he was tried and convicted on, um, did get to be there during the deliberation process for sentencing. Um, so even though she didn't testify against him in trial, she did get her day in court with him. And, um, I'm very happy that she was able to have that moment. Um, so that is all for this week. Um, we are hopefully back on a regularly scheduled, um, weekend episode. Um, you know, usually it's either Fridays or Saturdays. Occasionally it's on a Sunday. It just kind of depends on my weekends. Um, but hopefully we are back onto a regular schedule. Um, my daughter is now full-time in school, so that gives me a little bit of extra time of an evening. Um, she's going to bed a lot earlier than what she used to. So I get a little extra time of an evening time to sit down and research, um, some people I don't think realize how much research go into these cases with the Chris Watts case, which is one of our most listened to episodes. Um, I read through 2000 pages of discovery and yes, I didn't make it a very long episode because there was a lot of things that I do not feel comfortable, including, especially when it comes to children. Um, it took me about three weeks total to research that case and it was a heartbreaking experience to do. Um, a lot of these cases that do include children are very, very tough to research and, um, make it almost unbearable. I try not to do as many cases where there's a lot of children victims in it because it is very hard as a mother, um, to hear what happened to those children. Um, also we have a lot of lesser known cases coming up. I do have a couple more, um, missing and indigenous women and children coming up. Um, but we also, um, are doing Mama Ween again this year. I have some very fun cases for the whole entire month of October. I'm so excited for it. Um, this year will be so much better than last year. Um, last year's was kind of thrown together because I wasn't sure if it was something I wanted to do. Um, this year I have had these cases planned for a good three months. I'm so excited for them. Um, it's going to be very fun. We're going to have a lot of fun live streams. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, go and join. Um, the giveaway, um, we're going to have a very fun live stream for that. So some of you know, some of you don't, my husband rehauls Michael Myers mask for a living. Um, so at any given time, I have anywhere from two to 30 Michael Myers masks in my house. Um, so we are, um, going to do a live where he is dressed as Michael and he will draw the winner of the Halloween giveaway. So, like I said, make sure if you're not in the group to go on over there and join so you can start getting into the post. I will start posting opportunities to get entered this week. Um, super, super excited for that. We're over 500 members in the group. If we can get to 1,000 before December, we might do a huge Christmas giveaway. Um, so make sure you're sharing and telling your friends and inviting your friends to the group. And once again, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and before we go... We do have a small business shout out. I do not have it written up, so I'm sorry, Tinsley, and I'm sorry, Lily. Um, but if you are interested in crystals, um, candles, tarot cards, oracle cards, anything witchy and wonderful, make sure that you check out Willow Rose Crafts and Crystals. It is um, co-owned by two of my closest friends, um, the lovely Miss Lily and the lovely Miss Tinsley. I adore both of them. You could not meet two better people. They light, radiate light so much. It's ridiculous. Um, so if you are interested in anything along those lines, make sure you check out their store on Facebook and, um, make sure you let them know that I sent you. And until next time, don't become an episode. <laughs>